Get that buffer time a rolling. Not it. I said not it. It's like calling shotgun. Good morning, Liberty. In the front seat. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. My name is Nathaniel Paul Thurston. Across from me is Mr. Charles Chuck Thompson. What do you got in your ear there, Charlie? Can I get more snare? Sure. Can yeah, more, yeah, I'll turn the snare up for you. Get more snare in my in my just hit, the, just hit the snare button. Oh. That's all you got to do. Just turn that up. That's all. Hey, it's, uh, it's Thursday, but it's our last day of the week before... Christmas, so we're doing Dumb Bleep of the Week early. A lot of dumb bleeps going up on the channel because we've been releasing round one of the uh, Dumb Bleep voting. So next week before New Year's, we'll be figuring out Dumb Bleep of the Year. And that's going to be really exciting. We'll mm-hmm. get to order a trophy, get that for someone. I got I can't order it yet because I got to put the person's name on there. And, uh, and so we'll see who wins Dumb Bleep of the Year. Today's winner will go into the into the voting pool, it could be the dumbest leap of the year that you're going to hear today. We got all kinds of stuff. We got stuff. Do you think it's going to be Nina? What's your prediction? I mean, she's got uh, she's got an unfair amount of submissions in there. I would say. Well, you know, for equality, she, she was an unfair amount of dumb. Yeah, this year. That's true. That's true. So, we were subjected to way more dumb than we should have been. If you look at her stats, I mean, she's probably. Number one in most categories. I would say, like, if she got a point every time she at least had an entry in the Dumb Bleep of the Week, she would yeah. win, hands her, down, no problem. I mean, her DBR, so, I think, is like 187. Yeah, speaking of <laughs> speaking of Nina, she's in here today. We got Robert. That did not get near as much a laugh. That was great. That was really good. I don't know what DBR is. QBR, DBR. I know, but I couldn't figure out what the R st- Dumb stood Bleep for. rating. Rating, okay. Yeah, quarterback I was, rating. I was Dumb trying Bleep to, rating. I got you. I got you. That's um, why you didn't laugh very much because it went way over your. Well, I was trying to figure out PPR at the same time. So way was, over, which is difficult today because there's a lot of height happening. Ridiculous right mane you got right there. <laughs> now we got a lot of stuff in here today. We got for a man almost forty. We got Nina. We got uh, that's a quaff. Paul Krugman's in here. Robert Reich is in here. Uh, <laughs> of course, we have this. Uh, of course, we have this uh, Trump. Colorado ballot thing that we'll be talking about later on if you want to hear our thoughts on this whole situation. So a lot of good stuff that we're covering today. There's a good chance some of it could end up with Dumb Bleep of the Year. I reckon we ought to get it going, though, because you got to you got to be a dad here in a bit. Actually, your dad still now, I'm right always, now, but yeah. you have like fatherly duties that you have to take care of today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we'll, right. uh, we'll get on to Dumb Bleep number one. <sighs> We talked about this on Monday. The uh, the guy. I'm oh, sorry, I don't have stuff up on the uh, screen. Right Where is now. this from? Jesus um, this Christ! This is a website that we uh, a newly found website called Afru.com that's been providing us with some good material. And if you if you remember, over the weekend, story broke uh, about a guy and another guy having relations amongst each other in one of the uh, Senate hearing rooms and it was on video and all that stuff. And it was, you know, it was a whole news cycle for like two days that people talked about. And uh, this article right here is entitled fired for his act of love in the Senate. No homo. That's why that is why Uh, Aiden, that's the guy's name. His act was a symbolic and was symbolic and brave Mm. because in the world full of hate displays of love are rebellious. 
We shouldn't bend over to a party that hates. We must do the opposite. Bend up? I don't bend. I'm not I don't know. I mean, he's the one that bent over. How do you do the opposite so, of bending over? Is that standing up? I think that's just standing up. Mm-hmm. I have a question. If this was a a cis female and a cis male going at it. Yeah. In the Senate room. Mm-hmm. Is that just an act of love? No, that's illegal. <laughs> Can't do that. Okay. Yeah. Because that wouldn't be symbolic of any in fact, that would probably be oppressive. Because mm. you're making like a statement. Yeah. Like this is how this should happen, and you're doing the Senate hearing room. Mm -hmm. But this was symbolic because the country is so full of hate. According to the Fed know? Haters Club, which you can join by going to joingml.com, they uh, one user here says this site is going to be a gold mine or a gay mine. Either one. Either one. Either one is fine. So the dismissal has sparked a familiar conversation about the boundaries of personal expression and repercussions faced by those who challenge the status quo. That's, that's yeah. all this is. Mm -hmm. But because Aiden is from the LGBTQ community, he could stand to lose so much more than money, reputation, or career. Mm. Let's recognize the fallout from the incident for what it is, a stochastic far-right attack on gay rights activists. Yeah. <laughs> yep. As Republicans fire up their hate machine in preparation for the 2024 elections, Aiden's very life is now on the line. Let's not fool ourselves. Right-wing attacks will scream with the ever-increasing pitch from dark web radio stations and social media channels until some insurrectionist nut job picks up a gun and the intended consequences have become fait accompli. Mm. <laughs> Throwing in the Latin, huh? <laughs> now more than ever, we need to circle the wagons around Aiden and say with a unison voice, Aiden's termination by Senator Ben Cardin is an affront to individual freedoms as it sends a chilling message about the consequences of expressing love in public political space. In a public, <laughs> in a public political space. <laughs> okay. A Aiden's prosecution These by the Capitol Police is blatant political corruption and weaponization of justice against a marginalized person. I think that's pretty good. You that's, know? Yeah, it's not bad. <laughs> Keep it going. Don't stop. Aiden's persecution by right-wing nutbars writ large is a threat to his life and the life of every LGBTQ individual in this country. Amen. This cannot stand. The fight has just begun. Hallelujah. There you go. There um, you go. I, I guess <laughs> making love in public is something that we should all be able to do. If you're gay. Yeah. 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 yeah as long as you, yeah. In the public space where mm -hmm. you're not supposed to be in the uh, capital, it's just a symbolic act mm -hmm. of expression. You know, that's what it is. Yeah. Okay. Well, that was a dumb bleep number one. We got this whole Trump Colorado thing to talk about for one of the dumb bleeps, which is going to take up like probably like 30 minutes to go through. So we're going to run through some of this stuff and just make fun of Paul Krugman real quick. One of the most correct and right economists that there's ever, he's been so right about everything, you know, that he, I had one thing to say about oh, yeah, number yeah, one yeah, first. Let's though. go. Let's go. I, I didn't know we were going to jump yeah, right into I'm sorry. I was trying to go speedy. No, I just, I know? wanted to say on number one, I guarantee we could find on that website that they're pro Palestine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
And in Palestine, you can't even you can't even have the gay sex in like the privacy of your own home. Mm-hmm. If somebody told on you, <laughs> yeah, you would be. They would use you as a suicide bomber. Uh, <laughs> I skipped past one of the pages here, actually. Um, it's a, in a world built on hate, displays of love are inherently rebellious. Mm. Every second that Aiden and his partner made love in the halls of power was pregnant with poignant meaning. <laughs> these yep. academics, man. <laughs> I don't even think these are academics. <laughs> Pretend academics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thrown in Latin like they're smart. That's true. They did get that in there. Yeah. Luckily, I'd heard people say that before, <sighs> mm-hmm. you know, or I wouldn't, I wouldn't know what to say. All right. Number two. Number two, as we are speaking uh, about uh, Paul Krugman, one of the most right guys ever, he wants you to know who to be afraid of. And you should beware economists who won't admit that they're wrong. Like Paul Krugman. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> like myself. <laughs> no, 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 not him. He hasn't been wrong. About people, stuff. people like me. Just, I mean, I know everyone already knows this, but this is a guy who's on record saying that the internet wouldn't be any more consequential than the fax machine yeah. to to American life. I mean, I don't know the exact quote, but it was essentially what I just said. In fact, I probably said it better than he did because I couldn't imagine the dumbness uh, in what he said. This is a guy who argued, of course, over and over again that inflation was going to be transitory, uh, you know, that there was just, transitory back then, way back when in like 2021, transitory meant that it was going to last for a couple months. And uh, of course, we're we're still dealing with this uh, right now. Uh, so let's go to a, a little part in the article right here, because I, I didn't want to go through the entire article. This is an article that he himself wrote being uh, saying to beware of economists uh, that won't admit when they're wrong. And here's one of the ways that he covers up something that he was wrong about. Um, he decides that transitory, because he was a big person who argued about transitory inflation, he decides that transitory just ended up meaning that it was going to last for years rather than months. And so they weren't wrong about calling inflation transitory. It turns out that transitory just took on a different meaning. Mm. It meant what transitory wasn't back in 2021, because they were saying that it was only going to last a few months. But it just turned out that transitory happens to mean now, this time with the inflation, that it was going to last, persist on for years. It's just, yeah. it's just that tra- it's not him that was wrong. It was transitory that was wrong. It was the word itself. Now, transitory itself got this wrong. Okay. <laughs> and it made up its mind and decided to believe something else this time. That's really all yeah. it was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but beware of... Beware of those who won't admit they're wrong. Oh, gosh. Yeah. And we're still sitting here with inflation at 3.1 or 2 or whatever the actual number is right now. And I don't know if it's going to get lower than that for a while. We've got some other stuff going on that we haven't really talked about, like oil, you know, having the buy. So many people not shipping through. I think it's the, what's the, it's not Suez. I keep wanting to say Suez. Is that where it is up there? Out Out on the other side of the world over there? Or is Suez that the one Canal? down south? Hmm. Which one is it? I want to say the Suez Canal is down south. Okay, Egypt. That's I think that's where they were, they're trying to bypass right now. And the, essentially oil prices have been going up quite a bit right now. That's going to have a big, uh, a big, uh, 
that's going to have a big impact on inflation if if oil and gas prices start to go up a whole bunch more. So we might start to see a second wave mm. take place here with inflation. We'll see. But of course, that'll be a transitory wave as well. Just yeah. could last for years. And all the wild uh, prices we'll will never come down. Mm. Oh, it's the Panama Canal that's in Panama. Yeah. That's the one I couldn't think of. I knew, mm. that, I knew it was Panama I thought could be by Egypt, but it turns out that that was the Suez one, <laughs> you know. Yeah. You never know. <laughs> well, see, like I said, the majority of this episode is going to be us talking about the Colorado Trump, uh, Colorado Supreme Court. Thing. All right. Don't believe number three, Robert Reich, the third, the third Reich. He, uh, <laughs> and it's number three. He X's out here. Don't believe anyone who says the key to economic growth is tax cuts for the wealthy. The secret to prosperity is investment in American workers. When workers have more to spend, the economy grows and businesses create more jobs. It's a simple formula. Now, I know on its face, this doesn't seem all that dumb, but if you break down what he just said. It's super dumb. It's it's really dumb because he just said that the key to economic growth is not letting the rich people, business owners, keep their own money. The key to economic growth is taking money away from people, giving it to people so they can then give it back to business owners. Mm -hmm. The only thing that changes is that the government gets to take a cut mm -hmm. and do whatever they want with it yeah. in the meantime. Like he literally just said, it's not letting people, it's not letting business owners have their own money. It's taking their money. We put some of it to other useless places and then we give it to people and then the people give it back to the business owners. So the business owners can create more jobs. And so they can create jobs. <laughs> yeah. Which they would have never done in the first place, but it's when they get the money back in that cycle that they decide that they're going to yeah. create more jobs. Yeah. Not, it's the, just, uh, not the first. They have no interest in growth pre-tax cycle. Well, the money has to go through all. a transitory period. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. And the government helps that transitory because the businesses, like you said, they, they can't create those. They... In fact, it's impossible for them to create those jobs until they get that money back yeah. after it's gone through its transitory period. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? Well, you want to have like... The, Everything's transitioning the, nowadays. Men, women, money. <laughs> inflation. Inflation. The economy. <laughs> We're all in a transition period. All of us. Okay, yeah. So Also, of, of course, it's consumption politics too. Like what comes first? Um, you know? Yeah. It's it, the... We still hold that it's the production that comes first. And it has to be, it, it, it does have like in a chicken or egg scenario, break it all the way we, down to the, solve the equation. You have to break it all the way down to the very bare bones basics, <laughs> you know? Okay. This is Randy Weingarten. Uh, she, uh, she has something to say about school this choice. Number four? This is number okay. four. She has something to say about school choice. And uh, she calls out Christopher Rufo and Corey DeAngelis on this. Of course, she's very much against uh, school choice being, I think, the head of the uh, American Federation, I don't know, Federation of Teachers or some commie name like that. I don't know what the thing is. Oh. Some kind of big teachers union up oh. there. You know, Why so, would she be against school so, choice? Yeah, so for some reason, she doesn't like it when like non-unionized no people interest. get the... Yeah, you don't want to do that. There would be no vested <clears throat> interest in her making sure no. that people can't have a choice. No, she has no personal interest in the matter. What she cares about is that school vouchers undermine democracy. Mm. So let's hear her talk about that. I love so that. This is a bad recording that someone caught at one of her uh, 
I don't know if there was supposed to be a recording of this. I guess there is, but it's kind of a crappy recording. She looks Justina. very similar to that PE teacher we had in high school. <laughs> yeah. I always forget her name. What was her name? I can't remember it. So if you listen to one thing that I say today, remember this name, Christopher Rufo. <laughs> Rufo and DeAngelis. By the way, Corey DeAngelis tweets or posts at me. Like last year, I think was... What was it, Asher? Five thousand times last year? Because it's all—it's all signaling. It's like it's all—and this is before Elon Musk bought Twitter. What are we it's supposed to be remembering this, here? It's the divide, the divide, the divide, the divide, the divide. And if you hear it all the time, and this is what Trump did, you think, well, there must be something to it because they say it all the time: divide, 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 divide. They have not one thing that they offer as a solution other than privatizing or voucherizing schools. All right. Now, first off, before we get to the funnier thing that she says, her, what she just said is they have not one thing that they offer as a solution except for the thing that they offer as a solution. Two of the things. Yeah. <laughs> Two things. Two of the things that they offer <laughs> for solutions, which she has decided aren't solutions and so then can attack them as people who don't have anything to offer as a solution, <laughs> even though it's a solution. Yeah. And I don't know if you caught that, better. but the whole beginning of that was yeah. just word salad. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She was like, if you remember one thing, and then they, this person tweeted at me, and this is what Trump did. <laughs> like, there's a bunch of word salad. What's the thing? To get you confused. Mm -hmm. Like, what's the one thing we're supposed to remember here? Well, she's... And then she gave us two names. That's not one. That's, Yeah. And That's then went too. on this whole tirade about a bunch of stuff that makes no sense and then says this thing. They offer as a solution other than privatizing or voucherizing schools, which is about undermining democracy and undermining civil discourse and undermining pluralism because 90% of our kids go to public schools still. They just divide, 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 divide. So what did Rufo say? Ruf All right. So if you argue in favor of school vouchers or privatizing schools, um, that's undermining democracy, which what does that even mean? Mm -hmm. I have no idea. Uh, she talks about that underlining civil, civil discourse, civil discourse mm -hmm. because schools are just freaking great at that, you yeah. know, and, um, and being well, against the less choice you have, the more discourse you have. Well, somehow. Yeah, yeah, civil. The more civil it is because yeah. there's no one that disagrees with you. Mm. You get rid of the people that, that disagree, <laughs> you know. That's the way that you should take care of things. Um, no, that she's she's completely ridiculous. And then she says all they do is divide, divide. Like arguing against what she wants is just you trying to divide people. That's mm. all it is. Now she's arguing against them. She's not dividing right now, no. I guess, because she's she's right or yeah. whatever in she her has mind. Her, her truth. Yeah. She has her own personal yeah. truth, which she learned in school, probably. Uh, so anyway, that's Randy Weingarten. Just content. She has just been, uh, she's been a gold mine herself of dumb bleep. She mm. was uh, maybe in there last week or the week before. It's uh, uh, This is one that we talked about on Monday also, uh, along with the um, other thing that happened in the Senate building. Yeah. Number five, Tucker Carlson says, and this is an interview with, uh, who was it with? Uh, it was with Glenn Greenwald. Oh, yeah. Glenn Greenwald. Mm -hmm. Beacon of free speech. Mm -hmm. yeah, mm -hmm. These people. He's, pre he's pretty good on, on a lot of stuff. Carlson says that libertarian economics was a scam 
perpetuated by the beneficiaries of the economic system that they were defending. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What libertarian economics is he referring to? He talks in this uh, in this clip, which we don't have to play because we already played it on Monday. I, I do have it up if we if we wanted to hear it, but he he talks about private equity and and basically that's the thing. Like some of these libertarians and private equity have gotten their way on some of the laws around private equity, mm-hmm. and apparently that is like the bedrock of libertarian economics. Right there are these specific people that he doesn't like the things that they do in tech. And so this is libertarian economics. It doesn't matter that well, no, and nothing. And also private equity got him fired from Fox News. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. So it doesn't matter that nothing in our economy resembles libertarian economics or anything. But the idea that you should be able to have your own stuff that you produce and earn, that you should be able to keep that and that we should have a free market system that's just we should a scam. voluntarily trade with people. Mm-hmm. That's just how a scam does, that's been perpetrated by people who would benefit from that. But how does Tucker Carlson know this? Well, he said, <laughs> talks about how the system not being good, but he said, if it's such a good system, why do we have all these dollar stores? Yeah. That's an existential question. That's his right there. measurement of a good system. Yeah. Does it produce dollar stores? I mean, you drive around Djibouti. Mm-hmm. No dollar stores to be found. It's a great economic system, Charlie. I'm glad you brought that up. One of the better economic systems I've seen because I didn't see a single dollar store anywhere. I went to local mom and pop shops around Shacks. there. Shacks. Shacks in that place. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. But no dollar stores to be no, found. No, it's a great system. It's booming. Mm-hmm. Booming with, uh, you know, <laughs> booming with starvation. Yeah, yeah, but no dollar store. That's the important part. The dollar stores are the important part. That's the measure of an economy. If you how how do you best measure your economy? (laughs) And you say, oh, I see your your dollar store is bigger than mine. If that's um, the measuring stick we're using. If you want to hear us talk in more detail about this, uh, you can find the most recent video on YouTube is us talking about this, or you can go to Monday's episode and we we talk on this for a while. I I feel like you had to think about that. That night, mm-hmm. and be like, God, that was so dumb. No, he, I don't. But think he's he probably does that. no, no, no. <laughs> and the people watching who love him, this is why we talk about you can't just follow people. <clears throat> Not even us. Like even if you love us, you know, you do, can't just follow us. Do your own research. We might say something stupid. Mm-hmm. It, like you have to be, you have to be principled, like politically principled, because when someone says something this dumb, like you could take. Like this guy knows more about economics than you do because he measures an economy by how many dollar stores they have. Yeah. You should be, you should know enough to be like, wow, that's so dumb. I can't, this guy knows nothing about economics. Uh, Unfortunately, (sighs) that's probably not what's going to happen. Here's Dumbly number six. Let's move on right quick. (laughs) Uh, Nina Turner posts out a screenshot. Uh, She posts out the screenshot of this poll from Gallup. And the poll is concerning. Uh, views on the role of government in U.S. healthcare. Okay, and so the question is, do you think it is the responsibility of the federal government to make sure all Americans have healthcare coverage, or is that not the responsibility of the federal government? Now, she looks at the results of this poll, and her conclusion is Medicare for all. Now, I'll show you the poll. It's not immediately going to show off as dumb to you or anything, but... Uh, yes. Now, remember, the responsibility is to ensure that Americans have health care coverage. 
Democrats, 88% say yes. Independents, 59% say yes. Republicans, 28% say yes. No is the other side. Get your calculator out and figure that out. Um, those with no opinion are not shown on this. So she looks at this, posts out a screenshot of it, this uh, Gallup poll from December 2nd, 2022. And she says, Medicare for all now. So we need government health care for everyone right now. Now, directly beneath... That, so here's what I did that no one's going to do. I went on Gallup's website and I, I went through all of their stuff and I found this specific publication that had these poll results in it from December of 2022. Because I wanted to see, first off, how many people they polled, how many independents were there, Democrats, Republicans. Those numbers wouldn't have to equal out to being even a majority, depending on the amount of people they sampled for it. But then I noticed something else was the other question that was directly beneath this poll uh, right here. Majority in U.S. prefer private health care system over the government-run system. And this was the next question. Would you rather have a government-run system or would you rather have a system based on private insurance? And so when they asked people that way, 53% of the people said they want a system based on private insurance. And 43% of the people said they want a government-run system. <laughs> and so the, the reason this is dumb is because they asked people, okay, you think the federal government should ensure that people have health care coverage. Do you think that they should have a government-run health care system or a private health care system? Overwhelmingly, the majority said they should have a private health care system, not government. But she only takes the first result. And she says this is evidence of the fact that the people want Medicare for all right now. Because no, who's going to go to the December 2nd publication on Gallup's website from 2022. And who reads the second question? Yeah, who goes on to the second question? Okay. <laughs> Why would you want to clarify anything? <laughs> Clarifications for losers. She hasn't been responding to us lately, but I did post that on her uh, on her page. Last time she responded to us, I think she blanked out our name. She did. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Did you see it's a GML with Nate and Charlie? Now? I, I thought it would be that. good to have names on there, yeah. you know, a little bit more personable. Mm -hmm. Okay, here's someone, uh, here's a rich person complaining about their pay. Uh, this actress's name is Taraji something or other. Hint, it starts with an H, maybe Henson or Hib, something like that. Um, I don't remember, and no, no one else does either, which is why she gets paid what she gets paid. Uh, let, me, let me tell you how but, it works. So they give you an allowance, right? They give you a, an allowance to find yourself somewhere to live. Um, at the time, I didn't have a team to do all of that. Let me go to the... Let's see what she says in the shorter clip first. I'm in the same story. It's breaking my heart. Like 20 plus in the game, it breaks my heart. It's like every time you achieve something really incredible, it's almost like the industry looks at it as a fluke. Like, ah, oh, that was like some one-time thing. So you fall back to the bottom and you got to negotiating that fight tooth and nail to get what you made the last time when where's my raise? I haven't, had, I haven't seen a raise in my income since Proud Mary. And almost had to walk away from Color Purple. What? Yes, ma'am. Who said what? <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Because you know what? If I don't take a stand... How am I making it easy for Fantasia and Danielle and Hallie and, and, and Felicia? The what, what, what? All right. So this person who I don't think I've ever seen before. Um, what is she? I don't. So her initial complaint was that she got paid $100,000 for her role in the movie 
the curious case of Benjamin Button, mm. which at that point was like the first movie that she'd been in that I had heard of because I looked her up on Wikipedia and all, I hadn't heard of any of the other stuff at all. But she was upset about getting paid $100,000. I don't I've seen the movie before. I don't, I, I don't remember her role in that. Maybe it was important. Maybe it wasn't. I'm not sure. She then has, she's been on Empire for, for a while. And uh, she gets paid $500,000 per episode. I only know for Empire. All right. What that show is from Dave Chappelle. <clears throat> yeah. That's <laughs> never seen it before. I've yeah. seen previews for it before. Mm-hmm. Uh, but her argument is that it's time for um, black women actors to stand up because they're getting underpaid compared to other counterparts in the industry. And she's making this point here. Well, I need to, I, if I don't take a stand, then. How am I going to make it better for this? She ended up not taking a stand. She she took the role, she took the money, and she didn't take a stand. But she's mm. getting an ovation for saying that she would have taken a stand in another realm of uh, the universe, I guess, something like that. Mm. Um, so anyway, so just so everyone knows, Parker walked in, Charlie Sun walked in during that uh, during that thing, and I kind of lost my train of thought while she was talking. That's the that's the benefit of being able to put the thing on what full she screen, say? and then what we she can say be doing whatever. Um, she starts crying because she's uh, underpaid. Let's watch that. Okay. That for me, you know, um, now we I have a team. 18 they, minutes. I don't have to deal with that. They make sure I get where I want to live, blah, blah, blah. But at the time, I wasn't where I am today. And so they gave me money to um, look for a place to live. But you got to remember, they only paid me $150,000. Let me break this down because I remember people, well, $150, that's a lot of money. Let me break it down. One fifty dollars tax is 50% of that. Okay, so 150, 50% of that is what, 75? Yep. And then I got to pay like another- Hold on, let me get my calculator up. <laughs> 30% of that to my team. So then what's left? The next thing I have to pay is for my son's school at the time, which was $30,000. So you see, that was not enough money to last me throughout the year. I didn't get the whole $150,000 like you think up front. That was what I got. After taxes is not $150,000. So taxes are the problem. Taxes. Yeah. (laughs) Taxes. Oh, so she's saying taxes are the problem. It's not. It's uh, no racism is the problem, actually. Um, it's unequal pay. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. But now the, uh, the other problem that she did pinpoint, I'm glad you, uh, had me hit play on that is that she started off by only making half the salary because 50% of it went to taxes. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so that's pretty awesome. Costco says taxes are racist. I think that's I true. I think they are. I think it's very much yeah. true. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and then her school, son's school costs 30,000. What happened to the good old public schools? Man, they just got? go to public school. That's fine. Yeah. What do you don't like democracy? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Are you trying to divide Jeez. people? Your tax is already paid for the public school. Right. Man, some people just have a lot of problems. You know, <laughs> we don't understand. We don't oh, understand man. what it's like to get paid $150,000 for, um, listen, y'all, I had a little brush with being able to act in one thing. And it's a tough life. Let me tell you what, yeah. it's so difficult. Mm-hmm. You don't understand. When you shot that commercial, you're still, yeah. you still have nightmares about That's it. That's huh? so terrible. Yeah. Because they didn't have the kind of creamer that I typically use for my coffee <laughs> in the thing. And, and I was actually shocked. I was scared because they had these like little ginseng shots that you could do. And I've never seen them before. And so they kind of threw me off and I felt like kind of nervous about it. You don't know what it's like to feel those kind of nerves about seeing all kinds of new treats that you've never seen before. Yeah. You know? And your trailer didn't meet the specifications. No, that you 
that your Mm-mm. trailer back no, home. No, well, the thing is that dredged up a lot of memories from my past. <laughs> Having to sit in that trailer waiting for them to do every single thing for us before we walked out there. And I just sat there thinking about trailers for us. Honestly, I think I should sue them. <laughs> That's what we should do. And then the money mm-hmm. you did get paid, half of it went to taxes. Yeah, uh, sure. So <laughs> I bet I, I'm sure I, I'm sure I paid taxes on it. I'm sure I did. I bet I did. Oh man. Okay, let's get into this thing. Five hundred thousand per episode for Empire. Yeah, that that seems pretty decent. Mm, that's not bad. Well, she's only going to get half that though, because the know, government you got, you got twenty episodes in a season or whatever. I don't know if they do twenty four episode seasons like they used to. Say it's ten. Yeah, it's five million. So not, she's only going to get half of that though. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. So two and a half million. Her son's school is probably up to like one point five million now. So it has to be. She's only got a with million. Inflation. She's only got a million left over. <laughs> can't pay your bills on that. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We're coming up on the holiday season, and honestly, I used to dread this part of the year. Seriously, did. Uh, It can be so stressful trying to find gifts, coordinate schedules. You guys ever try to schedule with your family during the holidays? Uh, Plus, to me, it's always marked the passing of yet another year. And when I say that out loud, I can't believe that I used to look at that as a bad thing, the passing of another year. Not everyone gets that. But adding something new and positive can counteract some of those feelings. Therapy can be a bright spot amid all the stress, just like it was for me when I tried it. That's right. Doing therapy worked for me, and it can work for you, too. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Find your bright spot this season with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash GML today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash G-M-L. Colorado Supreme Court rules Trump is disqualified from presidency for the January 6th riot. This is so insane. Yeah, yep, yep. Now, this has gone through other courts, by the way, and they essentially ruled that they couldn't do anything about it. But Colorado has decided that President Trump incited an insurrection, engaged in insurrection, and therefore is not qualified pursuant to the 14th Amendment to be president. And so they're going to not allow him to be on the ballot in the primary. I don't know what it says for the general. And let's just first off, it's Colorado. It goes to Democrats all the time. Uh, it doesn't matter that much if it were just Colorado. I don't think it's just going to be Colorado, but it will probably still only be Democratic states that try to do this. You know, everyone's saying the Supreme Court's going to overturn this. I think that's true. I think it's true. We'll see. I do think that that would happen. How can they prove that he incited an insurrection? That's the thing. Well, the thing is, there's not a lot of case law on this. Um, but even but even the simple fact that he tweeted, like, what, 15 minutes after the, the barriers broke yeah. to go home? Yeah, but he incited People it before People still think that. that it was hours <laughs> later. But he said, remain peaceful. We're the party of law and order. Mm-hmm. Go home. Mm-hmm. Be peaceful. Now, that sounds like... Leading the charge. Yeah, he's, he's definitely trying to lead the charge and overturn the government was, at that time. I mean, we saw that movie Napoleon not that long ago. Mm-hmm. It reminded me of the same thing. So you well, saw they modeled Trump that, they modeled that after Trump. Yeah, he yeah. was on his horse with the sword. Yeah. 
you know, as he's running, as he's barreling into the Capitol, leading his people in this insurrection and then tweeting, go home. So it's, it's a conflict there. So now California, the Lieutenant governor in California is asking, uh, is, uh, uh sent a letter to, uh, Dr. Weber for CA to explore every legal option to remove former president Trump from California's 2024 presidential primary ballot. Something funny happened here, uh, which is the the first time she sent this out. Uh, at the end of it, she said that the Constitution is clear. You must be 40 years old and not be an insurrectionist. And that was quickly fixed because mm. the Constitution is clear that it's 35, not 40. And so now California is trying to do this. Um, New York are now renewing their push to ban Trump from the state ballot. Uh, I believe this came out today. And we'll see how many other states decide that they're going to do this. And now maybe the Supreme Court is going to weigh in and say you can't do that. You got to let the voters decide. Uh, he hasn't been found guilty of leading an insurrection. That is illegal. That is a federal crime. They The last time they made an amendment to this law and this is U.S. Code uh, 18, which I believe is the same thing where the treason is under and all, all that stuff. Uh, last time they admitted this was in 1994. It is illegal to, <clears throat> to engage in an insurrection. He has been charged with 91 crimes over the last year, and not one of them is engaging in insurrection. And so there's a reason that they didn't try to do that. It's because they didn't think that they had a way to prove that he had actually engaged in an insurrection. Mm-hmm. Or they would have done it. Yeah. Because it's illegal to do. By the way, not illegal in Colorado. They're essentially taking a federal crime and deciding that he's guilty of it and saying that he can't be on the ballot. That's one of the reasons that the Supreme Court might overturn it because they're essentially adjudicating a federal law and maybe not going through the proper channels. They'll have jurisdiction. <clears throat> yeah. So, whew. 2024, man. I tell you what, it's going to be crazy. Uh, that one's about New York. Now, in this, I I read through this morning, Charlie, the reason I pushed this back to 1230 is because I was reading this document. It's 235 pages. I made it 260. That's pretty good. Did okay. That's pretty Scanning, good. Scanning, of course, not reading every single word. Well, yeah, and it's double-spaced. Mm. In, the, in the beginning, they start talking about his speech. Well, in the beginning, God created heaven and earth. And then fast forward to day six, which is when Trump made his speech before everyone re- was arrested on the seventh day. In his speech, which began around noon, President Trump persisted in rejecting the election results, telling the supporters that we won in a landslide and we will never concede. He urged his supporters to confront this egregious assault on our democracy, walk down to the Capitol, dot, 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 and in brackets, which means that's not what he said, and show strength, and that if they did not, quote, fight like hell, they would not have a country anymore. Um, Some of those dot, dot, dots are when he told everyone to peacefully go down there and make their voices heard, but who cares? Yeah. Honestly. Before his speech ended, portions of the crowd began moving towards the Capitol. Below, we discussed additional facts regarding the events on January 6th. I did bring in a portion of his uh, actual speech here. I uh, see. I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. He does say the word fight several times. Of course, there have been plenty 
of montages put together of Democrats talking about fighting for what you believe in and fighting for democracy or fighting against white supremacy or fighting for whatever it is. But when he said it, they later say in this in this document, they later say, but when he said fight, he actually meant fight. They mm-hmm. decided that he literally meant yep. fight. Yeah. Just so you know. Yeah, uh, and like we with fists mm-hmm, and flagpoles. Mm-hmm. And we fight. We fight like hell, and if you don't fight like hell, you're not going to have a country anymore. That's one of the lines that they reference many times in this. Uh, let's see. We'll never decide. Let's see. We did that. Below, we discussed additional facts. Section 3, I've heard so many people read this, but essentially, Section 3 of the 14th Amendment says that you are uh, not eligible, essentially, if you've engaged in an insurrection and several other things. Okay. We don't have to get into the actual code. So they go in to prove that Trump engaged in an insurrection. They say that Trump challenged this. The Constitution leaves these terms undefined. That's engaged in an insurrection. Those terms are undefined. Therefore, we must make a legal determination regarding what the drafters and ratifiers meant when they chose to deploy these words in Section 3. Mindful of the, of the differential standard of review afforded a district court's factual findings, we conclude that the district court did not clearly Error in concluding that the events of January 6th constituted an insurrection and that President Trump engaged in that insurrection. So they bring in the definition of insurrection. They bring in the definition of engaged in to begin and carry on to take part or to participate. And then they include other ones that say also include to induce to participate or to do or take part in something. So just in case anyone wanted to know what engaged meant. Uh, Attorney General Stanberry's opinions on the meaning of engage, which he issued at the time the 14th Amendment was being debated, are in, accor- are in accord with these historical and modern definitions. Um, a person may engage in insurrection or rebellion without having actually levied war or taken arms. Thus, in Attorney Stanberry's view, when individuals acting in their official capacities, capacities act in the furtherance of the common unlawful purpose or do any overt act for the purpose of promoting the rebellion, they have engaged in insurrection. A lot of this document talks about his, just his speech beforehand and how it was clear, clear evidence that this was him engaging in ins- insurrection because of the things that he said in the speech. Yep. I, I would say like, I don't know, uh, First Amendment. The only problem I see here is he, before he said all this, he didn't say, let me be clear. Oh, that's right. Yeah. He didn't say with all due respect. Mm -mm. That's the, uh, that's the bigger problem. The record reflects that President Trump had a reason to know, had reason to know of the potential for violence because as president, he oversaw agencies reporting on foregoing threats. Uh, They basically end up deciding in this court document also that since Trump knew that his fans were far right-wing extremists and prone to violence, then it was reasonable to assume uh, that he knew that violence would ensue after the words that he said in that speech. Because the way that they look at people on the right or the way that they define the extremists that follow Trump, they are likely to commit violent acts, of course, Mm -hmm. because that's just how Republicans are. You know, we had a whole summer in 2020 of Republicans just going around burning stuff down all the time. So you got a lot of history of violent acts by yeah. Republicans. It's basically like taking a, you're like talking to a whole group of murderers mm-hmm. and telling them like, it's we the got same thing. We have to fight. Mm-hmm. And you know for sure they're going to interpret that as going around just mowing people down. Yeah. You know, with any means necessary. 
President Trump was informed the Capitol was under attack rather than taking action to end the siege. Approximately one hour later, at 2.24, he tweeted, Mike Pence didn't have the courage to do what should have been done to protect our country and our Constitution. Giving Sage a chance to certify a corrected set of facts. Not the, that's his tweet. And now at that point, I don't think that they had actually moved into the Capitol uh, or they had just moved into the Capitol at that time. His next communications were at 2.38 and 3.13, encouraging the mob to remain peaceful and to stay peaceful. Um, so they did mention that but in the document. neither tweet condemned the violence. Yes. Nor asked the you mob to, to specifically disperse. condemn. You can't just say stay peaceful. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got you to gotta condemn the violence. I did bring in a timeline of this. I was going to say because... yeah. They act like it's two hours later from when he started the speech. Well, so the Senate recessed at 2.20 p.m. And then the building goes into lockdown. So that's when they recessed. He tweets out at 2.38 p.m. uh, telling everyone to stay peaceful. He didn't tell them to leave. So, of course, he wanted them in there. They were doing exactly as he had told them to do, Charlie. Mm -hmm. Um, They do also try to clarify the argument that his speech was not protected by the First Amendment right to freedom of speech uh, because he was guilty of incitement, according to them, in Colorado, even though he did not tell people to go and specifically do something in the Capitol. Mm -hmm. He did not tell them to poop on Deborah's desk or anything like that. He didn't tell them to steal podiums. He didn't tell them to break through the barricades. It was reasonable that he should have known that what he was saying to the crowd, a crowd that was prone to violence because they were extremists, it was then reasonable that he would know that he was actually inciting them to go and commit violent acts. And that is the argument that they essentially make in here, that because the crowd was full of right-wing extremists, that he should have known and that he, in fact, did know what they were going to go do. He didn't have to say it because that he had a group of terrorists there listening to them. Yeah. And he told them to go down there. Well, what do terrorists do when they go down there? They, they terrorists. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that's, uh, that's the thing there. Um, since we don't exactly have enough time to read through all this stuff, I'm just trying to grab some of the important parts. And I think the most important part is the fact that I got to tell you, Charlie, we're screwed in 2024, regardless of what happens. Why? You're saying it's not going to be fun? We're screwed. Well, okay. Us as a podcast are not screwed in 2024. <laughs> It'll be great for listenership. That mm. That's true. But as a country, I'm uh, um, worried about this. I'll tell you that. I'm actually starting to get kind of worried about what's going to happen afterwards. Because what's happened here is they've already laid the groundwork. So now work. you think Trump's going to win. Whereas before you didn't think he had a chance in hell. I'm starting to think that he could actually win, although this could be construed as some more election interference, of course, and I don't know how much election interfering can be done before it actually starts to work. They're clearly trying to bleed him dry of money, so he has to spend all of his money defending himself instead of spending all of his money out there campaigning. He's going to be spending more time in court. Uh, The other problem is that they've... uh, There's been other things happening as well with the Supreme Court with Clarence Thomas. And I see Robert Reich post about this all the time, about Clarence Thomas being corrupt and being bought and paid for by these Republican donors, Harlan Crow, all that stuff. 
And what that's doing is laying the groundwork for delegitimizing the Supreme Court. And so while a lot of people say, well, the Supreme Court's going to overturn this, well, here's a problem. The left has already been spending the last six months or so delegitimizing the Supreme Court. And they did it before that, too. Trump picked three justices, and he was an illegitimate president to begin with. And so it should have been Hillary Clinton picking those justices yeah, that are on president. there right not now. Not my president. And so the Supreme Court itself is, is compromised. And so then the Supreme Court comes and rules, and they say, well, they can't, they can't do this. Trump needs, to be, Trump needs to be allowed to be on the ballot. Well, guess who's okay with that? Republicans are okay with that, most of them. People who support Trump are okay with that. But they're still going to see this as massive election interference. If something happens, if Trump, for some reason, doesn't win, if Joe Biden gets more votes than Donald Trump and gets more electoral votes than Donald Trump, they've already got ample evidence to say that this election was rigged and stolen because of the 91 charges, because of him spending, him spending all of his time in court and all of his money on defending himself throughout the entire 2024 election season from then trying to take him off the ballot and saying that he incited an insurrection and shouldn't be on there in the first place. And so you've already got a reason that the right is going to deny the election results if Trump loses, even without any rigged voting. And there'll probably be investigations for the four years of his presidency. Yeah, there would. There probably would he'll be, be impeached, regardless. Maybe he'll be impeached four times. Well, it's not just it's not just time. that. Okay, so imagine if Trump wins. Well, so if Trump wins the election in 2024, cool, the right's happy, whatever. The, the Trump voters are happy. But now the left has ample reason to call Trump an illegitimate president because it turns out Colorado, one of our states, I mean, look at the 10th Amendment and all that. Colorado, one of our states, decided that he had incited an insurrection and it's not, he's not legally able to even be on the ballot and he's not even legally able to be president anymore because he engaged in an insurrection against the United States in January 6th and all that. And so maybe he won and maybe he's in the office, but he's not a legitimate president. We're not going to pay attention to anything that he says or does or whatever. And that sounds like a good thing for Liberty. <laughs> <to me. laughs> you yeah. tell me the States don't want to listen to the federal government. Perfect. Okay. That part sounds good. Yeah, sure. But what if they uh, rule on something that uh, decreases state powers, you know, you mean federal, Colorado? Federal, federal, federal government powers. I mean, what if Trump does something that actually decreases the power of Here's the real question. Do you think this is all going to lead to like an actual civil war in our lifetime? In our lifetime? I don't think so. I think actual civil war just looks like a bunch of violent riots. I, I don't know if it'll ever actually be in an organized I do civil feel war. Like, I, I do feel like the left is playing a very dangerous game. Yeah. Considering typically most of the guns are on the right. Mm hmm. So it's true. It's true. Like, and then, and then the question becomes like, you know, we read history about all these heroes, like our founding fathers. Like, when is a point? When is there a point where it's like, you know, people are brave enough to take a risk? I don't know. To, to something they feel is necessary. I don't think, I honestly don't. I don't think that'll happen, and I hope I'm right about that. Um, I don't think that'll happen. I don't think the actual civil war will happen because I don't think there's enough really legitimate. I mean, I'm probably going to get in trouble just for asking these yeah, questions. Legit. I don't yeah. think there's enough legitimately principled people out there who care more about actual liberty 
and a constitutional government than they do being able to sit and relax on the couch and watch Netflix or something like that. Like, that's ah, cool to tweet about this stuff from your phone, but when it comes to putting your life on the line, I don't know how many people are going to do that. Yeah. So I, I don't, I don't see the actual structured civil war. I just see a lot of violent clashes between people. I see an increase in the surveillance and police state in the U S because of these violent clashes between people. And I see the federal government actually becoming more and more tyrannical to keep people safe. Which will then lead to, we'll see. I don't know. <laughs> so, and I honest, mean, honestly, I think the whole insurrection thing is BS in the in the first place. I mean that we were founded by insurrectionists. Okay. By the way, we have a mug on our merch store that says "Pro Insurrection" since 1976, 1776, and 1976. <laughs> if you were born that year, it's yeah. for you. Okay, I'll make one for you. 1776, and so I think the whole insurrection thing is uh, is BS. There's a lot of things the government has in place that, I mean, naturally criminalizes people who stand up against the government. And so while I don't agree with January 6th or what happened then, I'm also worried about the ramifications for other people because I don't like the idea that standing up against your government, no matter how tyrannical, is a crime punishable by death. <laughs> you know, right. that doesn't sound right to me. What if you have a tyrannical government? And so I, I don't even think that that is in the spirit of the founding fathers in the first place, which is probably why it's not in there. They would have felt really weird writing that you couldn't stand up against the tyrannical government in the, uh, <laughs> in the constitution <Yeah. laughs> after they just got done doing that thing. So um, we'll see what the Supreme court does. They have until January 4th to make a ruling on this. And we'll see um, also just the ridiculous nature of the fact that, Colorado and Democrats apparently are trying to protect democracy by removing demo democracy <laughs> in yeah. choice, not allowing the voters to vote for the person that they want to vote for. Mm -hmm. The more um, you limit choice, the safer democracy is. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. it. You got to safeguard democracy by preventing democracy from happening. Everything's undermining democracy. School choice. Mm -hmm. Choosing a president. Choice. What we found today is what undermines democracy is choice. Yeah. Um, yeah. Everyone go start getting your votes in. While you're getting your votes in, let me tell you about Dumb Bleep number nine, which I forgot was in here. This is a funny post. I think Matt threw this in earlier today. Uh, this person, Nebraska mom, Orange Square, uh, says, really? Shields? I guess that's a store. I don't know. This type of toy you sell in your... This is the type of toy you sell in your stores. No colorful markings to show that they are toys, which will be a problem when kids start getting them for Christmas. Learn to quickly assemble their guns and bring them to school. This won't turn out well. And you can't see the pictures right here. First off, it says miniature toy on the, yeah, on the thing. Toy. Now, when you look at this zoomed in up close, I mean, I get, I get it. You bring this in the class and it doesn't have an orange tip on the end of it. And I guess... Uh, that means you brought a gun in the class. But then when you zoom out a little bit, you see that there are little bitty miniature guns that are like the size of children, like little, little tiny guns. Like you'd still be able to eat the deer after getting hit with one of these things. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's not like a regular gun. Well, except for that AR-15 <laughs> up there painted in You think American. even that size? Oh, the painting on there, that mm -hmm. makes it way worse. Well, it's an AR-15, Nate. Oh, that's true. It doesn't matter how big or small it is. It will obliterate yeah. everything. It basically is like a nuclear weapon. <laughs> 
exploding. <laughs> and this was a post uh, I think that he put on after. What is this? A center for ants? <laughs> and uh, that is what comes to mind when you look at these little bitty tiny guns. Also, I hope everyone's get their votes in. Charlie, tell them. Tell get your votes in. Go sign up to join the Fed Haters Club. Join gml.com or go to godhatesfeds.com. There's merchandise on our website, goodmorningliberty.us. I hope everyone does have a really good, you know, holiday. And sometimes Christmas can be sad for folks and sometimes it can be happy for other folks. And I just hope that you uh, enjoy the reason for the season and find some joy no matter what. Oh, sorry, real quick. Number one was the act of love. Number two was Paul Krugman. Number three was Robert Reich. Number four was Randy Weingarten. Number five was Tucker Carlson. Number six was Nita Turner. Number seven was Taraji, whatever her name is. Number eight was the Trump Colorado ballot thing. And number nine is the miniature toy guns. All right, sorry. I already know. We already know who's going to win, probably. Yeah. Anyway, do all those things. We hope you do. Um, I'm just going to call it right now. Trump. It's uh, it's it's the ballot. There yeah. it is. It's the ballot thing. Trump ballot. All right, y'all. We appreciate you listening and sharing the show. We'll be back after Christmas sometime. Maybe next Wednesday. Wednesday, I think, is Potentially. what I'm aiming for right now. Um, hopefully Santa Claus comes and visits your homes and climbs down your gas-powered chimneys. Mm-hmm. And uh, you make cookies with your kids if you have kids. And if you don't or don't want kids... And you make them for your nieces and nephews if you have those. If not, maybe your dogs or cats. And if you don't have those, make them for yourself. Mm -hmm. Cookies are delicious. And uh, for Christmas, everyone needs cookies. Yeah. I think that is what joy to the world is about. As I looked at the lyrics, it mentions cookies. Yep. Do all those things or don't. I don't care either way. Um, We'll see you next week. Until then, hope you have a good day and a good morning, Liberty. Liberty.